Welcome to the Lion's Drive. I am Pastor Jimmy Udukoya. I pray this episode blesses you and it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. Psalm 24, verse 2. Or let's start from verse 1. It says this. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness of it, the world, and those that dwell in it. The earth is the Lord's. Everything that you see is the Lord's. Everything that exists is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything that you see, anyone you interact with, is the Lord's. If you are in this earth, you are the Lord's. That's a beautiful thing to know and believe. You, you, you know there's a confidence you have when you are in your own house, whether rented or owned. Whether you rent it at least for the time you're renting it, it's your house. Whether you own it or not, it is your house. There is a confidence. When you enter your house, do you ask anyone for permission to sit down? Do you ask anyone for permission to go into the fridge? Okay, let's take a first step for that. Let's not say your house. In your father's house or mother's house. Or mother's house do you ask, I'm sorry, please, can I go to the fridge? There is a confidence you have because you know that it's either yours or the one who gave birth to you owns it. So there is a confidence. Is there a restricted area you cannot enter in your house? Well, I mean, in your own house. There's a place. Someone say, you see this place here? As the owner, all this place. But you see this place, you cannot enter. I bet you that's the first place we're entering. What do you mean? In my own, in my house. If they, even, if they rent you the place and they lock the door and say, this door, you cannot, by somehow the door will break. So, something just happened. I just fell into the door because they, they don't want to put restrictions on you in your own space, in your own house. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and you are an heir of the one who the earth belongs to. It is your inheritance by right. So there is nowhere in the world that you are not welcome. And I say that very easily, and it's simple, but if you have that mindset and mentality that anywhere I enter is the Lord's, everything changes. Remember we talked about expectation as a pillar, um, four pillars of, of, of um, expectation. We talked about expectation um, as expect action, posture of faith. You walk expecting that things should yield for you. There is a mindset that you must have anywhere you go. You expect that things will yield for you because the earth is the Lord's. And everyone that you, you'll encounter, because even them, your father owns them too. You don't have to deal with people. You just speak to your father who owns them case in point. If you go to an establishment or an organization, 
and you know the CEO, and you're talking to the receptionist or the manager, and the manager is being difficult, what do you do? Don't worry, I'll call your boss. Yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it's okay, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Eh, it's, it's even worse if the person's your family member. <laughs> Uncle? <laughs> Auntie, how are you? Hey, there's one person, I just came. You don't, there's no need because you know the one who owns everything. You see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare, we don't use canal methods. You must understand that everything that you ever need, you can settle your battles on your knees. You can speak to God who controls all of them. Lord, this person has been a problem for me. Father God, handle it. If you live in that that mindset and that understanding, then life becomes very simple. You're not responsible for anything. I tell parents all the time, before, <laughs> you know, when kids are born, they don't, they didn't ask you to born them. Did, they, did, they, did you consult them? Did um, you want to be born today? Yes, I want to be born. <laughs> no, 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 no. You people did the do, and then the do brought the jide. And now jide is here looking at you. So you must feed Jide. Yes or no? It is not Jide's responsibility how you eat. It's your own. Because you are the one that brought Jide. Until Jide becomes a man. You are responsible for But the mindset is you are responsible. So the same way, see, the good thing about being God's child is no matter how old you are, you are God's child. Because it's the ancient of days. So as old as you are, you know, rich God. So you are God's Jide. Lord, you are responsible for me. Everything that I will ever need. Lord, now, don't sit in your house and say, God, you are responsible for me. I won't do work. I pity you. Because the Bible says if you do not work, you will not. (laughs) God has given you everything that you need. But in situations where you are believing God, understand that you are not doing life by yourself. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And we broke down Genesis 1. That was the first time. If you missed it, go back and find it. But let's go to verse 2. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and those that dare with it. Now look at verse 2. For he, who is that he? God. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the streams and the rivers. Hold on. See, when I read things, I like to take a pause and just kind of, let's chew on that for a second. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Then he has founded it on, upon the seas. Okay, hold on. Seas. Seas means more than one, right? But what makes up seas is water. Okay, let's, can we, can we, dip, can we dig deeper? Last week, last I checked, um, we know that what science has told us, there are three states of water, solid, liquid, and gas, right? Remember, when water is solid is when it's ice, 
right? So when it's ice, it's solid. And when things are solid, you know, you can do things with it. It's mal- you know, you can break it, you can throw it. Water can become a weapon if I stone you with a block of ice, right? Because it has mass to it. There's density. It's solid. Then when something is liquid, it flows. It's not, you can't hold it in your hand. If I give you water, I say, hold water. If you hold water like this, if I came and I said, see water, I hold it, most people will run away first. Because it's impossible. Water is malleable. It takes on the shape of whatever container you put into. It's fluid. It's always flowing. It's never static. You can't stone somebody with water. Are you with me? It's liquid. You can drink it because it's fluid. If you try to drink ice and put it, you suck and try to water, but you just look because it's solid, right? We have liquid and then we have gas. It's like mist, steam, vapor. You can't, you can see it, you can't hold it, right? Okay. Solid, liquid, gas. Those are the three states that we are aware of. But he established it on the seas, on the liquid. So you see that there is something that we do not know about the state of what liquid can do. Or maybe there are more states apart from solid liquid gas, because the solid liquid gas, he didn't say he established it on solid. He didn't establish it on gas. He established it on liquid. But liquid, you can't establish anything on it. So how does God establish it on liquid? That means there is a state that we do not know about what liquid can do. And I call that the fourth state. And I call it the God state. (laughs) And when you read things like this, it just shows you the limit of man's wisdom. And when you realize how limited your wisdom is, it puts you in a state of humility when it comes to dealing with God. Because we like to think we know. Because sometimes that's God. we speak from a place of knowledge. How people know that you can be ignorant with alacrity? You can speak ignorance with confidence. Doesn't mean it's not ignorance. Confident ignorance. When you begin to read things like this, it exposes the limitation of human wisdom. And you know, they say that we don't use 100% of our brain. Now, the number to which we use, you know, uh, to be accurate, I mean, different figures, some people say we use less than 10%. Whatever the case is, we know it's not 100. So let's even assume, for the sake of hypothesis, that we use less than 10% of our brain. Fantastic. If we use less than 10% of our brain, let me ask you a question. Of all the information that exists in the world, how many people say, with confidence, I know 1% of everything that exists in the world. Every information that exists, I know 1%. One. Nobody? I know 0.5% of everything information that exists in the world. 
Nobody? Hold on. I know 0.025 of all the information that exists in the world. Nobody still? Come on. Are we not brilliant people here? Okay. I know 0.0001 of all the information that exists in the world. So hold on. We don't know 0.0001 of all the information that exists in the world. And we use less in that 10% of the brain that we use. We don't know 0.0001. But yet we like to argue with God. Imagine how frustrating it must be for God from his point of view. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Okay, let me, let me try, to, try to bring it to your understanding. Um, if you've ever dealt with a toddler that is your child, or let's even go toddler, maybe adolescent, maybe a teenager, and it's almost amusing when they're trying to prove their case or trying to prove that they are sharp. Because you, who is their parent, is looking at them thinking, hey, yeah. <laughs> and it's sad because they really believe that what they are saying is right. But you, you're like, but, oh. Sometimes it's cute. Sometimes you want to stone them with slippers. Sometimes it's frustrating because you can see the limitation of their knowledge and their wisdom. And you will think that they would understand that you who is speaking was once their age. There's a saying, you remember saying that, say, what an old man can see sitting down, a young person can never see standing up on it. Even if you climb, you can't see because there's wisdom that comes with experience and age. There are certain things you cannot buy. It comes with time. I'll prove it to you. How many people have ever found the old picture of yourself when you saw in an outfit that you wore that you thought you were the coolest thing since sliced bread and you, you posed with... And then you find this picture and you think to yourself now, what was I wearing? What was that? How is this even me? Because time has passed. And your understanding of life has changed your perspective and your perception. And life has shown you and you have learned so much. So what you thought was cool then can never be cool now. Or when you think about people that you dated in the past, Say, did they swear for me, nee? But at that time, you had sleepless nights. At that time, you had Hey! But like, let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story, side notes. I'm like, <laughs> I was 10 years old, and I was in love. No, 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 you laugh now. But you could not tell me anything. I was in love. And my girlfriend, at the time, well, I think 11 or 12, I don't remember, you know, 
And the problem was that her whole family had won visa lottery and they were relocating to the Americas. But the problem was we were in love. And it was a lifetime commitment. We had made promises to each other that we would never listen. I'm, you laugh now. See me, I'm telling you about this moment in my life, how many years later. And the problem was, what was I going to do? She was leaving. So I made a vow. As a matter of fact, yeah, I don't know what we were doing then, but anyways, she had made this nice little tape of songs that she was singing. You know those tapes that you record? Recorded cassettes. Don't you use pencil to rewind? And she had recorded lovely songs that I would listen to. You know, it was very thoughtful. So on the night that she was leaving, I felt like my whole world was crumbling. And then, I think it was like 96.9 or 93.7, they were playing like R&B. And they had boys to men. I, found, I went to that station because I knew they played those songs. Although we've come to the end of the road. And I was crying. I was holding the radio. And I told her I would never love again. I would, I would never date anybody again. Fast forward to a couple of months later. You know, old things are passed away and all. All things have become new. But there are many times we have made such declarations and seasons of our lives because we are so sure of the limited information that we have. And yet the one who stands outside of time, who has seen the beginning and the end of your time, that knows your very end from the beginning, the Alpha and Omega, and he's looking at you thinking, hey, yeah, this too will pass. You have no idea what I have in store for you in the future. Some people will make, try to make permanent decisions on temporary seasons of their lives. Temporary seasons. I know it feels like you are passing through the fire right now, and all hell is breaking on every side, but believe me, this too, shall pass. There is a time and season for everything under heaven. And sometimes we are fighting God and God is looking at saying, hey, yeah, do you, I, I wish I could show you what I have for you. I wish I could show you how this is part of the plan to get you to your promised land. I wish I could, I wish I could, but you see, there's too much that I know that you cannot even begin to comprehend because my foolishness is higher than your highest level of wisdom. The Bible says that he established the earth on the seas. On the sea. He, he founded it on liquid. Because understand that, remember, the first verse says the earth is the Lord. Everything in there belongs to him. Every creation has an ear for his creator. So you may not know what it can do, but the creator does. He founded it on the rivers, the Bible says. 
And then he goes the first, and he says he established it. Let me show you something. Let me look at scripture. I began to think about this. Look at Mark 6, 45. This is liquid. So there must be a state that we do not know, the God state that God alters and does things in things that we cannot see or understand. Mark 6, 45. Jesus immediately insisted that all his disciples get in the boat and get ahead of him to the what? Other side, to Bethesda, while he was dismissing the crowd. Continue on. Continue on. And after he said goodbye to them, he went to the mountain to pray. Continue. Now, when evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Uh Uh-huh. And Jesus was alone on the land. Continue. Seeing the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea. How many people have walked on sea before? If you have walked on sea, raise, raise your hand. Walking on liquid. That's that God state again. Because last I checked, you cannot walk on the sea. But I have a God who can do the impossible. We call it impossible because it is limited to our understanding. But the one who knows all sees the possibility in every impossible. Because with more information, you can do more. I heard somebody say, two people with information are more dangerous than a hundred people without. So the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If I have two people in a place that have certain information... And they move with what they know. And a hundred people are there and do not know. The two that know will cause havoc for the hundred. So we call it impossible because our understanding and our mindset cannot see beyond the boundaries of the limitation of our minds. So if the disciples knew that there was a state available or possible, they would not be worried about being in the storm. Are you with me? They were in the midst of this, and the Bible says Jesus came walking. He came walking on the seas. It is the same water that we drink. <laughs> Where some of us will swim and drown, God will walk on top of it. Higher. It is this same water in Exodus when the children of Israel were going to cross. The Bible says they split, Moses split the sea and he stood as a wall. Water. Fluid. Stood as a wall. Somebody say the God state. He established it on the, he found it on the rivers and established it on the seas. How did he do this? That's my mind. How does God establish the earth? On the rivers. Genesis 1, sorry, 6 to 8. Look at how God created the earth. And God said, Let there be an expanse of the sky in the midst of what? God looked at water and said, Let there be an expanse of the sky in the midst of water. 
and let it separate the waters below the expanse from the waters above the expanse and God made the expanse of sky and separated the water which was under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse and it was just as he commanded. God called the expanse of sky heaven and there was the evening, the morning, the second day. Let's look at verse 9. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place of standing, pulling together, and let the dry land appear. So God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the water he called seas. And God saw that this was good, pleasing, useful, and then he did what? After he affirmed it, what did he do? Hold on. He affirmed it and he sustained it. So, so, so let's, let's paint a picture. God comes to water and says, huh, let me split the water. You see, God sees what we cannot see. How do you look at a body of water and say, you know what? I'm going to split the water. He says, I'm going to split the water. And there's going to be water. I'm going to take the water far above. And I want there to be a space that exists in between. Then the water underneath the space. Let's separate it. So I'm going to call this space sky. But it says that there's water above. Wait. Water is a hole. Like, can, can, can anybody see me? Imagine this whole body of water. God says, I'm going to split it and let's separate the two. So this here, we'll put water above, then the one put it below. But what's in between, we'll call it sky. So, so in other words, above us, there's water. We, you know, sometimes we just read things. We don't, let's break it down. Above us, there's, and it's not small water. But wait, but wait. It rains and then it stops. And it rains and then it stops. But we have. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There is a body of water. Have you ever seen a body of water? Jump into the ocean. Tell the beach, tell the waves how to move. But there is someone that has suspended a body of water and decides how much should drop in such a way that it is good for us. That, that is above us. Then he now says, the water below. He says, you know what? We'll call this one. He says, but seas. This one here is seas. So the one above, I don't know what the water above the heavens is called, but there's heaven. All we see is heaven. So when God said he seats, the earth is the Lord's and that the earth is a stone and, and the heavens are his stone and the earth is his footstool. His idea, his point of view of the earth. We can't even, we are looking, I, I, I can't even imagine what God sees. We have not drowned yet. That water has not come, if the water should come down that is suspended above the earth. 
between. He now says the bottom is the seas. And he now says, you know what? These seas, but in the sea. So in the water, there's sky. In that same water, there's earth. How, sir? What are you looking at? He says, you know what? What is left of the seas? Move to one side. Expose the land that I know is already there. And this dry land, we will call it earth, land here. And you see this place, you will not go past this boundary. We will call it seas. How is it that you have water with crash? If you ever go to the beach and see the waves that crash, but somehow they get to a boundary and by themselves they recede. Who is pulling it back? The Bible says he not only affirmed it, but he sustained it. That means when he created it, he put certain things in place. He spoke, and how did he do this? He spoke words, let there be, let there be. So it is his word that sustains the boundaries, that keeps the water above the sky, that keeps the sea in the boundaries and allows the earth to grow. His word. He spoke it once. And from the moment he left his mouth, it has continued to sustain it. I'll prove it to you. Let me show you a scripture. 2 Peter 3-7. to What does it say? 2 Peter 3-7. But by his what? But by his what? The present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. But by his word of the present heavens and earth are being reserved. But by his what? His word. So everything that we know as the earth plus the heavens above, plus the earth below, plus the seas and the boundaries, plus the sun that rises every morning and sets at night, the two lights, everything is being preserved by his word. His word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was with him in the beginning. <laughs> this word became flesh and dwelt among us. <laughs> this word that we have came as flesh and died and ascended but left his spirit inside of you. The same word that spoke in the beginning his spirit, his essence, his person is now inside of you. He who spoke to waters and separated the heavens and, draw, and drew boundaries for where the sky would stay and the earth would remain now lives inside of you. Impossibility is nothing because the spirit that makes all impossible possible now dwells inside of you. If he can establish the earth, 
on what they say cannot be built upon. Anyone will tell you that the sea is not a foundation for any structure. If he can do that, there is nothing in your life that he cannot establish. No matter how fluid or unpredictable or, 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 or tumultuous your life has been, God can look at you and say, yep, that's where I'm going to establish my kingdom. Are you listening to me? He looked at Peter and he says, Peter, on this rock. Peter, a fisherman, a hot-headed, you see, <laughs> when they came for Jesus, who pulled out the sword and cut off somebody's ear? Peter. He was that guy. The one who would betray Jesus. I told him, I love you, I love you, I'll never betray you. He says, Peter, calm down because I know you better than you know yourself. Jimmy, calm down. I know your weakness, but yet I still call you worthy. On this work, I will build my church. Because I can see beyond your limitations. I can see beyond your, your idiosyncrasies. I can see beyond your weaknesses. I am the one that will sustain it. It's not you. <laughs> because if anyone should look at you based on your makeup and how you've been and the history of your past, nothing good can come out of Nazareth. He says, hold on. But it's not about you. I call the qualified. <laughs> I'm the one, when I call you, I make you qualified. I am the one that will build and establish. I am the one that will sustain by my word. He says, Peter, on this rock, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. You have looked at your life through the lens of your limited understanding, through the lens of your limited knowledge, through the lens of your history, of what you know. But I know someone who looks beyond what man sees, who looks beyond what man says is possible, who looks beyond your limited knowledge, who looks beyond your fault, who looks beyond your fears, who looks beyond your, 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 your discrepancies or your, your instability. He says, listen, I, follow me and I will make you. I, I, he established, he founded the earth on the rivers, then established it. It is God that establishes. Man cannot establish. Man cannot establish. Wherever you may be, wherever you may be in any part of your life, God is still God. And he can take the foolish things of the world and confound the wisest of the wise. Because by his standard, their wisdom is foolish. That very thing that you are ashamed of, God says, that's what I'm going to use. <laughs> that, 
right there. Your shortcoming, that's perfect for me. What you don't want to work, that, you, yep. When he would bring salvation to Israel, lepers, lepers outside of a wall that had been ostracized, lepers who could not walk, lepers who had been looked down on. He says, yep, those are the ones I'm going to use. He sees, he hears, he knows. And when you begin to trust him completely in areas of your lives that look like untroubled, that looks like troubled waters, Jesus walks on those too. In areas that look like will sink you, Jesus is in full control. There is nothing that he cannot do. There is no part of your life that is too big for him to control. He sustains the earth as we know it by his word. Why will his word not sustain you? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. If his word can sustain the earth, he can sustain every inhabitant in the earth. The word of God is living, is active, is energetic, and is full of power. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you specialize in the impossible. We thank you that you can see what we cannot see, that you know what we do not know, that you hear what we cannot hear. We thank you that nothing is too hard. You who knows the end from our beginning, you who can establish the foundations of the earth on rivers, Father, we trust you wholeheartedly today. What can you not do? Father, we put our lives in your hands. Whatever might feel like troubled waters in our lives, we are confident because we know that you are one who can build on water. <laughs> ah. Whatever might be tumultuous, we are confident because you walk on storms too. The Bible says, you said, peace, be still. And the disciple says, who is he that even the winds and the waves answer to him? Father, you own everything. So every part of us answers to you. So, Father, every word that you have spoken concerning us, not just now, but even in the future, we yield completely to you totally. If you can sustain the firmaments above and keep the seas in this place, you can sustain us too. We will trust you completely. 
Nothing will shake us because we know you are in control. We hold on to your word. We give you glory. And we thank you for the, the miracles we will begin to see in our lives. In places where we thought we were meant to sink, you shall establish us. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. Adoration and thanksgiving belongs to you. In Jesus' name. How many people are just thankful for Jesus? Don't limit God by what is possible, what he can do in your life. Everything is ever done for one man, one person that was willing, yielded, open, and available. Those who know their God shall be strong and do what? Exploits. So shall it be for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure. Send them this link. Share this episode. God bless you.